The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our Old Testament reading, uh, which happened also to be one of our Vacation Bible School stories this week as well, from Genesis chapter 15, and particularly these words of the Lord. This man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought Abram outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When I first arrived at my first congregation in Kansas, right out of seminary, I found out that in that setting, my office was in the parsonage. Now that was a very common practice for many years, but I found out very quickly that it could at times make it a little hard to separate home life from church life. For instance, whenever I had a couple in meeting in preparation to get married, it was always on my mind that my wife and children were right on the other side of the wall. And any time I meet with a couple that's getting ready to get married, one of the things I talk to them about is how the Bible speaks about children. Namely, that they are a blessing that God gives to those who are married. But I always would joke with them when I started to talk about this that it would probably be right in the moment that I said that children were a blessing that one of my children might bust in the door with blood running down their face decrying what another of the children had done to them. But I always assured them and myself that even if that happened just that way, it would not change the fact that children are a blessing given by God. This week here at our congregation in peace, the church building was filled with little feet and some not so little feet as well, scampering all over the place. That might be why some of the people in the pew with you today, our teachers or our helpers or our director might look a little extra tired today. But part of the reason that we do Vacation Bible School is because we do understand that the scriptures teach us that children are a blessing to be treasured. And so we go to extra effort and we take even extra expense to provide to them that thing we think is most needful for their life, namely the knowledge of Jesus his life, death, and resurrection, and the salvation that comes from it. Now, of course, in life, there are certain times where the fact that children are a blessing is just so obvious to anyone. The first time you hold your newborn grandson or granddaughter in your arms, well, who could doubt that children are a blessing? When that young toddler looks at you with that smile and wraps his arms around your neck for a big hug, who could deny it? When a couple who has struggled to conceive and have children finally comes and welcomes their first child, well, it's obvious in that moment how much of a blessing children are. But today I want us to consider a question that may be a little bit hard for us to ask of ourselves. Do we, as God's people today, truly think of children as a blessing in the same way that the people of God of old thought about children being a blessing? In our Old Testament reading, 
we have a story of a couple that had struggled to have children. As I mentioned, it just so happened that the reading assigned for this Sunday was also one of the readings we had in Vacation Bible School this week. It is the story of Abraham. Abraham, who is complaining that he is about to die soon and that he will have to give his goods to some random servant because God has given him no child. And we know that this lament that was on his heart was not his own. Sarai, his wife as well, had this thought of being childless heavy upon her heart as well. And with this part of the story, we can track pretty well and pretty easily. We can easily rejoice that when God tells Abraham and Sarah that they will have a child, that they rejoice, and we along with them. Yes, we can rejoice that this couple who had such trouble having children could finally have a child of their own. When Isaac is born, we cheer. But what about the next part? That part where God takes Abraham outside underneath the night sky. And he tells them to count the number of stars that are in the sky. And he tells them that he would have that many descendants. i got to suppose that most modern people, if they received a promise like that from God, might actually just faint and fall over. As many descendants as there are stars in the sky? How could anyone manage that? Who's going to feed all those mouths? Who's going to pay for all those kids' college education? The modern Abraham might have told God that perhaps one child or a couple would be okay, but descendants as many as the stars in the sky? It seems like a few too many blessings, at least of the human variety. During our VBS in our opening every day, we watched a video where two young people sort of explained what the story was going to be for the week and then began to frame how we were to think about it. And I couldn't help but notice that when they spoke of this story about stars in the sky, they summarized it down to the point that God was promising then just to give Abraham many blessings. Now, of course, that's true in one sense, and no doubt God did promise all sorts of different blessings to Abraham in that same context. But it sort of left out the point that those stars in the skies were not about all the blessings that God would give, but were particularly about a particular kind of blessing that God would give Abram, namely children. He was promising him lots of children and grandchildren and so forth. Oh yes, he gave promises about land and about his name being great and all sorts of other things. But the promise of the stars was all about how many descendants he would have. You know, Abraham, even though he had lived long past the normal age of having children, before he ever even had one child, we know biblically he ended up having many children himself. Well, I shouldn't say himself, his wife's. But he ended up having at least eight sons. That's what the Bible tells us. And from those children, many, many grandsons and granddaughters, not to mention great-grandchildren, not to mention the entire Jewish race. 
We have been taught in our culture now for over 50 years that children are simply not to be thought of as simply blessings to be received from God. Our culture suggests to us at times that they are to be thought of much more as a burden than they are a blessing. That's why they always tell you how much it'll cost to raise each child to a particular age, that you might get a little bit nervous. We've been told that children, well, they're the cause of the reason why women have not up until then been able to do truly important things in the world. We've been told that these children, once they are inside the womb, well, they can be discarded if the one carrying them is willing. And while most of us have not bought into the extreme case of the argument that children are so inconsequential that they can just be discarded, we must admit that we have not remained untouched by what our culture has taught us about children over the last 50, 60, almost 70 years now. Some of that teaching has sunk in, and not necessarily in good ways. For while we talk a lot about how those who use the word choice are going against God's will when they talk about their children in the womb, we're equally just as likely to talk about choice when it comes to how we are going to shape our families and our lives. While we say on one case that we trust God to provide everything we need, we're also very quick to even wonder aloud about whether we or someone else can really afford to have a child. While we acknowledge that children are a blessing to some extent, truth is we generally don't want to be too blessed in that way. The truth is that when we think about children, we often first and foremost think about the burdens that come with children. We think about what it takes to have them, what it takes to raise them, what it takes to feed them. And don't get me wrong, those are concerns based in reality. While children are a blessing, they are no doubt very time and money and energy consuming. But when we buy into the lie that first and foremost children are a burden rather than a blessing, well then we start to be filled with all sorts of worry whenever we think about children coming into the world. To use the language of our gospel reading, our first thoughts are about what they'll eat and what they'll wear. We forget that the ravens, well they have no means of controlling how many children they will have, and yet God, he feeds them all. We forget that the lilies reproduce like crazy, and yet God clothes them all with an unimaginable beauty. We forget that we are much more precious to God than either those ravens or those lilies. Yes, we forget at times that God never gives a blessing as a curse. It seems simple to say, but blessings are given as blessings. We must admit today that the way that we have forgotten this truth at times already is having tangible consequences, both on the church and also on society at large. Both in our congregations and in our society, we keep asking where all the young people are. Well, it's not just that they've disappeared. Today we are called again to receive God's word as truth, 
We're called to rejoice in what he calls blessings. We must fight in our culture against the idea that children are first and foremost burdens. We should confess when those times come, when we become convinced that God would somehow harm us or our overall families by giving to us another child as a blessing. We should be out in our world, not only making the case that children who have been conceived should be allowed to live, but that children in general should be received as a great blessing from God. Unless you think, just because I have my seventh child on the way, that this message is just something I've mastered and want to throw upon you today, I can assure you that each time I've got the word that another child was on the way, that my mind too went to what will they wear? What will they eat? But it is the word of God that gives the answer to those questions. They'll eat and they'll wear what the Lord provides. And he does and he has. So today, for all the times when our fears about receiving children from God have led us to distrust his word that they are truly blessings, let us repent. For any decisions that have flowed from that misunderstanding, let us repent. For any ways in which we have not fought for these truths in our culture, let us repent. For today, God wishes to give out more blessings. He wants to give you all of his blessings. For children, it's just one of the many blessings that God gives to his people. He also gives forgiveness and life and salvation to all who have been brought to repentance and faith through the Spirit by the Word. He pours out every blessing of his son Jesus upon us. His son who was born as a child. The brightest of the stars that shone in the sky. That son whose light went dark for three days. But ever since has been shining with incomparable beauty and light. Come before him this day. For he wishes to take your darkness and give you light. Amen.